0: They use bad language and mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother f- that loses every god game. <laughs> That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> f- get it rid of him. Wow. Bros! Come on, I love you bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me savior! Heineke, to the end zone, he's got a man in Gibson. He's in for the touchdown. Tight roping that end zone. Heideki sets up, looking for Terry McLaurin against Alexander. It is good. touchdown. Commanders take the lead. Some dreams come true, some don't, but keep on dreaming. This is Hollywood. Always time to dream, so keep on dreaming. It's not Hollywood, but you have my permission to dream, Commanders fans. Welcome to the show. It's a victory formation Monday as we go to press here after a 23-21 Washington Commanders win over the Green Bay Packers. Bob Matthews here with us. We're taking you inside the locker room in just a few minutes. We will... Hear from, amongst other people, Cole Holcomb. We will hear from Charles Leno. We will hear from Benjamin St. Just and Brian Robinson as well. Okay, the Commanders have a pulse, and they have clawed their way almost back to relevancy. A win Sunday against the Colts, which suddenly looks even more doable than it did Sunday night. And this team goes back to 4-4, four and four. and since this is a day to dream, we'll start dreaming about what the future could possibly, possibly hold for the Commanders. Lots of stuff to talk about with this game, uh, not the least of which is that there was another really good defensive performance by the Commanders. Let's break it down. Let's see what's going on. We're going to tell you what we like, what we didn't like, and what we are concerned about. So somebody, cue that dramatic music for me. Well, I think we know what the obvious is, and that's Taylor (laughs) Heineke. I mean, what else can you say about the guy? Uh, He's got heart. He has got heart. Statistics, when you look at it overall, extraordinarily average, 20 of 33, 201 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, which turned into a pick six and a quarterback rating of 85.5. He was awful in the first half, but as awful as he was in the first half, and believe me, he could have had at least four passes intercepted there just in the first two quarters alone. But you got to give him credit. He got comfortable back there. He got his sea legs and – He was great in the second half. I mean, in the first half, I literally tweeted out that we were approaching Nathan Peterman territory after um, the second pick six, which, of course, was nullified by the penalty. And I got to tell you, that uh, holding penalty on Green Bay may turn out to be what flips Washington's season, if, in fact, it gets flipped. And this isn't just a mirage. I mean, if, if the Packers score a second defensive touchdown, uh, it, it's over. But they didn't. Uh, that f- The flag was thrown. The play was wiped out. Yeah, Joey Sly missed a field goal. But still, um, it probably saved the game for Washington. Uh, the Commanders came out after going down 7-3. to three, They scored 20 straight points. When was the last time you could say that about a Commanders team? And I think this team maybe, maybe... Starting to find an identity, at least with Taylor Heineke back there. I think there's been some addition by subtraction on both sides of the ball. We'll get to the defensive side in a second, but having Heineke in there means that Scott Turner, much as he may want to, cannot. You know, he's he knows that he can't have his quarterback sit back there in the pocket, hope the offensive line holds up, and pick the defensive backfield apart. You're just not going to be able to do that. Heineke doesn't have the arm strength for it. We know that. But what you did see was Scott Turner going into the playbook, and i got to give him credit for the way he called that game. He called the, the plays that Taylor Heineke runs well. He got Heineke out in space. He got a lot of motion and a lot of misdirection plays. We saw Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel ran the ball five times. Five times for 26 yards. That's 5.2 average. That's what this team needs. If the defense is rounding into shape the way we think it might be, and you can get 166 yards of rushing, which is what the commanders got on Sunday, this team will have a chance. Brian Robinson ran the ball 20 times for 73. Antonio Gibson, again, addition by subtraction. Gibson now, not the starting running back, but now you're getting him the ball in space and letting Robinson do the, the the dirty work inside, you know, it's Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside. And, and Gibson wound up with 10 carries and 59 yards. They ran the ball 38 times. Think about that. 30, they ran 71 offensive plays, 38 of them were runs. That'll get it done in the position where the commanders are right now. And we'll look at that big picture a little bit later. Terry McLaurin obviously is just, he's a dog. That's all there is to it. Uh, from the dime that Heineke threw him for the touchdown to that last uh, that last catch uh, on, on third down when they had to have it. To me, though, biggest play that McLaurin had, and by the way, um, five catches for 73 yards for him, biggest play to me was before the catch on third down. It was the last drive, uh, and McLaurin uh, made a catch to pick up a key first down there and stayed in bounds. His momentum for a second was carrying him towards the sideline, but he had the presence of mind to cut back inside, stayed in bounds, and that meant that the Packers had to call a timeout a lot earlier in that sequence than they wanted to, and because of that, you know, that left them with no chance to kick a field goal at the end of the game. They had to run that crazy Hail Mary play. Um, that's what I liked on offense on defense. Again, we were talking about addition by subtraction and you got to say not having William Jackson, the third in there. I don't think it's a coincidence that we've seen three really strong games now from the defense. I know that Aaron Rodgers' receivers are almost, you know, null and void at this point, but, and, and he's got a hurt thumb. But when you hold Aaron Rodgers to 194 yards passing, that's, that's no joke. I don't care who his receivers are. If you're limiting him to 194 yards in the air, uh, that's a credit to you, as much as it is an indictment to him. Uh, you know, they shut down the guys that were supposed to be their deep threats in Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins. His two touchdown passes were to who? Aaron Jones, running back. Most of the stuff he was throwing yesterday, I haven't seen his chart yet, but i got to look it up. You know, it was all dinks and dunks yesterday. They took away everything deep. And what did we not see today that we've seen most of the year? Chunk plays. We didn't see any chunk plays. Biggest gainer they had was 28-yard reception by Sammy Watkins. Not great, but considering what we've seen earlier in the year, take it. And, and that was the only one. Um, Benjamin Saint Just is doing a really, really good job on the outside. I mean, he is turning into a player. Uh, his off, his grade, his his overall grade from PFF wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like just jump off the charts outstanding but you know he he passes the eye test there in that he was looking pretty he looked pretty good out there i can tell you exactly uh what it was here in a second uh all right hang on st Just had an overall pff grade uh of uh, against uh let's see against in coverage he had a 66.7 grade in coverage his overall grade was 59.8 Uh, because his run defense was not that great. But he tackled well, and he covered well. 66.7, I'll take that. Just in case you didn't know, 60 is considered average. In fact, everybody starts out on the first snap of the game with a grade of 60, and then you go up and down from there. Um, The best overall defensive player yesterday for the Commanders, guess who? Jamin Davis. That's right. A 66 grade on his run defense and a 67.9 on his coverage. grade. Jamin Davis, much maligned this year. The best player overall on defense the entire day. So where do we go from here? Uh, at three and four, if you want to, you can start dreaming about relevancy because it puts the Commanders in a really, really interesting spot. So let's take a look at the standings. Believe it or not, with that win yesterday, ugly though it may be, Washington is sitting just a half a game out of a playoff spot. Yes, with tiebreakers, they have teams in front of them. San Francisco, Atlanta, and the Packers. But when you look at this, they've got an ext- what was a winnable game late Sunday night when you looked at it against Indianapolis is now an extraordinarily winnable game. Because if you haven't heard, Matt Ryan has been benched. Don't know if it's because of his grade two separated shoulder or ineffectiveness, but Colts are going to start Sam Ellinger at quarterback this week. Second year guy. It's his first start ever and really his, it's going to be his first meaningful work as an NFL quarterback. So, you're playing Sam Ellinger this weekend, and this defense is pretty has become pretty stout against the run. So stop Jonathan Taylor. I don't think that's – well, no, I shouldn't say I don't think Sam Ellinger can beat him because I'm still at the point where just about nothing surprises me with this team. Sam Ellinger better not beat you if you want to have any hopes of having a decent season. So let's – I mean, assume for a Super is saying that they win. San Francisco plays the Rams this weekend – you're either tied with San Francisco at four and four, or you're you've leapfrogged them. Maybe you've leapfrogged, leapfrogged Atlanta as well. Uh, Green Bay's got a Monday night game against Buffalo, so the Packers may very well be three and five by next Monday night. And uh, you know, the the Falcons and I'll be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure who they play next week, but. Anybody going to bet on the Falcons, you know, at any point? They play Carolina. Hmm, I'll take that back. But still, the Panthers uh, coming off, you know, that impressive win against Tampa. My guess would be, if you can take care of business against Indianapolis, uh, the 49ers probably beat the Rams. Hey, the Rams are coming off a bye. The Rams beat San Francisco. And if the Packers um, lose, as I would think they would, to the Bills on Monday Night Football, all of a sudden you're sitting here a half a game, literally a half a game, behind the Rams, and you've jumped up over everyone, and you're at four and four. Now looking down the road, it does get a little, it does get a little harder after this. But you know the Vikings have won some ugly games yeah they're five and one and they come to fedex field in two weeks but and again maybe it's just the kirk cousins thing uh but you know you look at it uh the vikings the last month or so that they got beat badly by the eagles 24 to 7 in week two they've won four straight but by four points three points a touchdown and eight points They beat the Dolphins solidly, but, you know, they had games against the Saints and the Lions that could have gone either way, and they only beat the Bears by seven. Can you beat Minnesota? I don't know. But how interesting would it be to come home to FedEx Field at four and four, riding a, what, four-game winning streak? I think anything could happen there. Then after that, you've got the Eagles on the road. That's a tall, that's a, that's a, a, big lift. Um, but then soon after that, you've got, uh, you got some winnable games. You've got, um, you've got Philly, but then after Philly, which by the way is on the road, you got the Texans and you got the Falcons. Those are two winnable games. Let's say you can get to five and four. You lose to the Eagles, you're five and five beat Houston on the road and then the Falcons at home 7 and 5 and down the stretch you'd have the Giants a bye week the Giants again so Giants on the road a bye week Giants at home and then you close the regular season at San Francisco and then home against Cleveland and Dallas so at the fa- after the Falcons game if you're sitting there at 7 and 5 I'm still not sold on the Giants I'm just not um, I won't be sold on the Giants until they actually clinch a playoff spot. I, I think the wheels could come off at any minute. But say you split with the Giants, now you're eight and six. Eight and six, Niners, Browns, Cowboys. Do you go out to see? You know, is going out to San Francisco and winning a big lift? Yeah, it probably is. But if you can, even if you're eight and seven with your last two games at home. You know, winning one of those two may very well get you in the playoffs. Be interesting to see. Like I said, for now, you can dream. Let's take a break. Going into the locker room. When we come back, Benjamin St. Juice, Brian Robinson, Charles Leno, and more. It's the Bob Matthews Show right here on the Pigskin and Hockey Podcast Networks. Hockey fans, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the seasonal lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets. Hey, you like the Caps and Kings coming up this Saturday? You like Ovi to score a goal and creep closer to Gordie Howe? Well... If all that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team's going to win, how many goals are going to be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash, whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner, of the NHL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. one 800 step in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS OFF in Iowa. 8778 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY. In New York, visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 888 532 3500 Virginia. 21 and over, 18 and over, New Hampshire and Wyoming. Fiscally present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, select parishes, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. New customer offer void in New Hampshire, Oregon, or Ontario, Canada. New customers only, one per customer. Valid minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Bet must win. $200 issued as 8 25 dollars free bets. Free bets are non-cashable and cannot be withdrawn. Free bets must be wagered. One time and stake is not included in any returns or winnings. Free bets expire seven days after being awarded. Promotional offer ends one fifteen twenty three. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, welcome back. Glad that you're with us. Time to go inside the locker room, get you your exclusive locker room access. By now, you've probably heard from Terry McLaurin, you've heard from Ron, you've heard from Taylor Heineke. We try to bring you some other guys on this section of the show. Let's start with Brian Robinson, the rookie running back out of Alabama, talking uh, about the game and how important it was to establish the run early. It's going to be a key the rest of the year. And it was certainly important against Green Bay. Uh, you know, the run game is important, you know, uh, we have to you know be efficient, you know, to keep keep the offense moving, you know, and uh, create opportunities in the pass game. So uh, I think we did a good job of, you know, establishing our run game today. Back to right. back to right. back drives where you guys were able to put points on the board to start the second half. And you also took a ton of time off the clock, how huge was it to get those sustained drives? Uh, it was very big, big moment in the game only because, you know, defense was playing so well, you know, they stood up for us. and. Uh, you know, we had to repay them so uh, we definitely you know put up some points you know to just protect the defense and we knew that they was going to keep playing hard you know and they they played they finished hard it's, it's you know Robinson's the hammer and I guess Antonio Gibson's the nail 166 yards rushing by the commanders on Sunday that's what it's going to take Taylor Heineke's not going to do it for you on his own and now going forward you're going to see I'm sure a lot of defensive game plans say you know stack the box try to stop that run try to goad Scott Turner into giving the run up and making Heineke beat him. And despite the fact he dropped that dime to McLaurin for the touchdown, you do not want Taylor Heineken throwing throw in the ball 40 times a game. Still, there is something to him. I, I've said before, he reminds me a lot, you know, of Billy Kilmer. I mean, without the, you know, excessive drinking, reading the game plan by the light of the juice bo- jukebox, that kind of thing. Uh, but there's something about him. It ain't pretty, but he wins. And listen to Cole Holcomb because everybody on the team loves him and they respond to him, no doubt about it. Yeah, no, I love that guy, man. He's 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 a gamer. He he puts it all out there on the field and he he leaves it all out there. And you know, I love the way he plays. Do you guys just feed off his energy? Yeah, no, I mean he's 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 a he's a tough. You know, tough, tough quarterback. um, You know, a little undersized, but he's got he's got got, got that dog in him. So he he does. He leaves it all out there. He's got that dog in him. You're going to hear that a lot, and that's important. Those intangibles are important. I, I still think, and I will defend it until the day I die. I think signing Carson Wentz was the right move. I think Carson Wentz can be successful in this offense, but given where we are now. And with the injury to Wentz, I think this was this was just the perfect scenario for Heineke. I don't think it would have worked had he gone into the year as the starting quarterback. And as for that defense, much as I wanted Jack Del Rio fired to start the year, you got to give him credit. Whatever he's done, it's worked. The defense is finally starting to get it, and this has become a pretty decent unit in the last few weeks. And Cole Holcomb says it's because everybody's finally figured out you got to do your job, and you got to stay at home. Yeah, I mean everybody's understanding their role and playing their their 111th, and um, you know they're they're doing their job. You know that's the the biggest thing. You know I think you know you you get get, when you try to do too much, that's when the big plays happen. So we were like, hey, let's just simplify it down. Let's get back to just doing our job, playing with good technique, tackling. and I think we have keep improving every week on it. And there's something else, too, that a win like this gives, especially the defense, belief. You know, what have they heard this, you know, entire season? You know, just do the 112th, you know, stay at home, play your position, do your job, and I promise you we can have success. They're starting to see that success now. And belief and success can breed belief, and that can be a really, really powerful thing. Case in point: Listen to Benjamin St. Just. I mean, I, I knew that we had that, but the fact that I, that we were both to like all click together this the, uh, on Sunday um, and get this this win, it looks promising for the future. You know, that's something that we can do uh, every week and um, go out there and collect those dubs. You know? I knew that we could do it, and now that they've done it, now they've gotten the taste of that success. Let's see if they can, let's see if they can keep their heads screwed on straight. Let's see if they can go out and stack another one in Indy. Be interesting to see. All right, we got to get out of here. Capitals Monday night in New Jersey playing the Devils. Trying to snap a three-game winning streak of Jerseys. A little bit later in the week. We update you on how it's gone so far for the Caps through the first couple of weeks of the season. Enjoy the game tonight. More on the Commanders as well later in the week. Catch us on the Hockey Podcast Network's homepage as well as Spotify, iTunes, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. And, of course, if you're out on your bike tonight, as the wise men once said, as always, do wear white.